0: He said, listen, be honest, where'd you get them from? I said, I paint them. He went, you paint these? I went, yeah, he said, you could make a lot of money with the right sort of uh, movement. I'm gonna finance you, we can we do a partnership. You know the only way you can fool the, the auction is, they, is by doing the cracking. Now, John, I, yeah. I use bee glue on that. You put it in a in a, a saucepan, put cold water in it, and leave it overnight, goes for jelly. Next morning, you put it on the stove and it goes to a varnish like a liquid make sure it's not too thick and then you spread it over the canvas brushing it over and then you think right that's it got that go to an electric fire not dry heat electric circulate the painting like that and you can actually hear it cracking it. you can actually hear it you look round at it think right that's enough cracks there right and, think, and then you hold varnish on that Old nails that go back to exactly the place where you've taken them from, in an old frame, under glass, auction. It oh, f- didn't we just hit London, we hit, we hit Manchester, Newcastle, Canterbury, you know. We hit. We also hit shops as well, mm. our galleries. i got respect, on the forger, you know. Every, all the old legs were knocking on the cell. Here, hey, Max, could you do me a drawing of, of my girl or my dog or anything? My list is. Looked at it and he went, Reggie, have a look at this. Have a look at this, Reggie. He said, Look at that. It's got mum's eyes in it. It's like mum all over in it. Do you really do this, son? I went, Yes. I can copy anything. That was my. That's why you know. I've got to say, I was good at it. I've been mean, doing it for 50 years. I mean, I'm like the last of the Mohicans.
1: Hello guys and welcome back to KRN TV where we bring you the most exciting interviews from around the world. Today we're down on the south coast close to Brighton with Max Brandrick also known as Max the Forger. Max hi how are we doing? Uh, thank you very much Christian I'm good. And uh, thank you very much for inviting us down to your right. lovely home and some most amazing artwork. Max has shown us before, um, absolutely fantastic Max. Um, so uh, Max has led quite the life, um, some of you guys might have seen him on Vice and The Insider most recently, um, but he's been known, as the name suggests, as a master forger over the years. He's ended up serving a few prison sentences for it. And... Mm-hmm. Um, is renowned within the artwork as he's telling his band from every art house, uh, auction house in the country. And eBay. And most recently eBay. <laughs> but um, like all our guests we want to go back to the start of your story oh, yeah. if possible Max and yeah. Um, yeah. see what like, made you, sculpt into the person you are today and what made yeah. you take the course of actions you did yeah. along the way. So um, talk to us a little bit about your childhood Max, where you were brought up. Well I was, um, I was born in Buckingham
0: Road in Brighton. I sat near the station in a one-bedroom basement flat, and it was real poverty. My mum was from Yorkshire, a lovely lady, scrubbed the steps every Sunday, and she would say to the neighbours, like, don't stand there like a wet meat. come having me a cup of tea and a fag look. That was my mother, very tiny, but she was fantastic. But unfortunately, after the war, it was poverty. So what happened is that we kept getting taken away to different homes. The first place we went to was a workhouse, in um, Warren Farm, which is near Brighton, near Woodingdean, And it was tough life, absolutely tough life. And um, from there, we were back and forwards, back and forwards. I mean, my living with mum was tough. We had sort of very, very little food. My brother was the only one with shoes, so we couldn't go to school. So it came to a point where mum was doing five jobs. And one day, I can remember, down the steps came this big guy. He looked like a park keeper and a lady that looked something out of the 40s called Mrs. Gibson. And he went, he said, all right, son, he said, "Uh, get your clothes together, son, you're coming with us. And then so up the steps we went, mum was in tears, you know, he said, you're going somewhere, Max, where you're going to be safe and happy. But my mum couldn't help it, she had to let us go. So I was in the back of a um, Morris Minor, Austin Morris Minor, traveller, and we were whisked off to a place called Barkinside in Essex. Now, Barkinside, the village homes, is still there today. It was an actual village with a village green and all these houses around. And uh, I walked across the green with Mr. Gibson, with my brother, now uh, Mr. Castle, I mean. We walked across and he said, Max, he said, you're going to Joy Cottage and your brother's going to Honiton. I said, so why can't I go with my brother? He said, because, Max, you're a wet bed. I went, oh, right, OK. So I got into this. I went to Joy Cottage. And I got in there, and the master said, um, Max has come to join us today. So, um, <clears throat> but Max, he said, say hello to the boys. <clears throat> they went out of the room, and this little fella said to me, boy, you wet the bed, don't you? I said, no, I don't. I was only five years old, for goodness sake. So, anyway, their they're cure for you, if you're dry for seven days, you'd go to another cottage. So anyway, I was continue wetting the bed and then after about a week I kept dry and on the bloody last day I pissed, I wet the bed. But what I happened is, the guy used to come round about midnight and take you to the loo. Well I noticed the guy next to me, his sheets were dry so I bloody swapped them over and he gave him my wet ones and I took his dry ones. So the next morning the man Stanley comes in, he goes, well done Max, she said, you've done so well, you've kept dry, so you're going to to the cottage to my to my brother. That was that side of it, and that was the beginnings of a whole list of places we went to. We went we went to um, uh, Barsham Rectory, Watts Naval training school, uh, Goldings. And I'll just say that the Barsham Rectory was fascinating because it was where Nelson's mother was born. And we were fostered out by the Reverend Soden, and it really was the happiest time of my life, you know, and I loved it. So different homes, you know, that we all you know went to. And, um, yeah, it was good. So, so,
1: next so how did you get on in school during these times? Were you a good uh, student? Were you no, much trouble? Or I was always
0: tra- drawing. I was
1: always painting and
0: drawing. And the thing about Bernardo is they're a wonderful organisation. They could see I had a sort of a talent for doing cartoons, Mickey Mouse. They encouraged me. You know? And once they gave me for my birthday a coloring book, I said I don't want a coloring book. So I was drawing on the blank pages at the back. And one of the masters said, "Max," said, "these are nice." So that's what they encouraged me to to draw. But you know, Bernardo's. When I first arrived at Watts Naval Training School, it was like Tom Brown's school days. It was tough, and I walked in with 700 boys in a big mess hall. And one of the prefects went, "Oi, come here! You said you're a grog boy now. Like, What's it?" Grog boy—that means a grog boy. You empty the teas, you do the teas yeah. for all, all the prefects, and you couldn't eat until they'd finished. So that's how tough it was. And then you lived in dormitories, you know, um, thirty boys, twenty-five on, on each side. It was almost like Tom Brown's school days, you know. But mm. it wasn't all bad. I mean, we we had a um, we had holidays. I mean, uh, we went to Norfolk and went um, uh, camping under t- under canvas. And I'll tell you a story actually, it was quite a good story. I one day the master, um he knew that I wasn't a sportsman, and he went, he said, boys, we're going to have a race today. Now there was Lincoln, Cooper, and Townsend. Which, and he said, that's that's a hill called Beast Bump. Now he said, the idea is you'll get 10 shillings, the first boy up there and down. Now that was one hell of a hill. And I thought, I've got only that 10 shillings, because I wanted to buy a crystal set. So I thought the only way to get it was to a bit of a cheating. So all the boys like Lincoln, Cooper and Townsend they all ran off and I held back and I hid in the bloody bushes at the side and I could see them all at the top of the hill turn round and come down and I could see that it was green red and blue. So right on the last 500 yards I came out the bushes darted, to the, darted over the master said come on Brandrip, come on and they were saying I didn't know Brandreth being a bloody lead, so I went and I acted like I went. Oh, he went Brandon, Well done. Never called you by your first name, Brandreth. Well done. And all my mates went. Oh, I didn't see you in bloody ill mats. Where did you come from? I said anyway. That was that. That was a little. Snippet. So you certainly
1: had the mischievous sort of cheating streak, even at uh, a young age. Well, only grew. Yeah, you become streetwise. Um, so what age was it that you left there? Fifteen. 15, and um so went home went home for a bit and then you what you no, no I, I went I went home and my mum was living in an Irishman called Patrick
0: and I, I arrived at Brighton station he took an instant dislike to me and I didn't like him and mum was all loved up with him you know but he was a bully so I went back to a pokey little flat in Holland road and um in those days you had gas meter to, for, for your heating. And somebody screwed Mum's gas meter, and he thought it was me. So he beat me up one night, and I thought that's enough for that. So I did a runner. I took my six quid out and got to Brighton Station on a November night and headed to London. And I arrived in London. Somehow I ended up in Paddington, and uh, I got to this sort of guest house and I I was very I I put I used to put my voice on there. Hello, sir. I said I said um, I I can I have a room? He said. Aren't you with anybody? I went, I'm waiting to be picked up by six French nuns in the morning. Why I said it, I don't know, I have a clue. So he said, Yes, you can have a room. And he put me in this room and I noticed there was a gas meter. And I thought, you put the sixpences in those days for your for your gas, right? So I thought, I'll screw that, I screwed that for about ten Bob. And then I thought, the breakfast time came man. I thought they're all at breakfast, let's do the rest of them. So I did every other room and came out with pockets of sixpences. And I could hardly bloody walk past this guy. And he said to me, he went, I said, I'm just gonna go I'm just going to meet my friends, the nuns. They come and they'll come and pay the bill. He went, All right, son.
1: I did feel a bit guilty, I must have been Christian, but I did. So that was it. Nice. And then um at what age was it you ended up joining the circus? Oh. And how did that end up coming around? Like well, how did you end up bad I was joining? in I was in Paddington. Yes. I looked at it. The only
0: job you could get was either live in a hotel or um go for um um you know some living i saw this in the evening standard evening Standard. men wanted for the circus please apply chipping norton edna's lane chipping norton so i took a train up there didn't pay the fare just stood in the loo all the time as you know got there and i walked down the lane edna's lane and it was they would do it, it had winter quarters right so i said to the guy called louie came to the he said what you want son I said, sir, any jobs? He went, how old are you? I said, 15. He went, get back to school. He said, do you know, this is a heavy job. And I went, Oh, I can do it. He said, no. He said, no, thanks. So I went to turn around and he went, come here. I said, where are you going then? I said, well, I'm going to go back to London and get a job in the hotel. He went, come here. He said, do you ever work with elephants? I went, no. He said, come this way. So we walked in this bloody great big tent and uh, all 12 elephants, as I said, Lilia, Mary, Camilla, Susie, Dayla, Dana, Rani, Sita, May, Jerry and Sally all lined up and chained and then in a corner were 12, uh, no, seven camels and they were horrible, they spat at him, horrible. He said, so you'll be raking them out, uh, raking them out and washing them down ready for the ring but we're at winter quarters so and then they go on the road. Then you see they go travelling. Yeah, know. was it travelling, folks? Circus was it? Yeah, well, they do a week here, they do a day there, and then they go off. We first place went to Dudley, but you know the the first show we did was in Dudley, and that's the first time he said Max. He says, "Come here, let's have a look at your arm." I went. He said, "Yeah, that's okay." So go and get some hot water in a bucket. I went, all right, Louis. So I've got. He said, "Now." He said, uh, you, know, you do what I do. So he put his hand in there and he, said, soap, and he put his hand up his backside and he pulled all the crap down, right? And I said, have I got to do the whole tw- 12 even Yes, <laughs> I said. But, after uh, Christian, after doing it for about two weeks, I noticed that lelia had her legs open before you got there. So she was loving it, mate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's true. Jesus. And I, honestly, and then one, one there was a, an assistant joined us called, um, Dougie Banks, and uh, he was under me, right, so he said, um, he said, you know, what, what happens, you know, if you don't know, on a circus you don't do normal hours, you get up in the morning about 7 or 8 o'clock, there's no show until the evening, but on a Sunday you get all these people turning up with their vans wanting manure. Well, we had the biggest stock because bloody side of the cannonballs they do, and we were selling them at 10 shillings a bag. And then think, we wanted to speed up, we couldn't get to crap enough. So some idiot gave us cenopods. So we had, we had all this stuff. And Louis came over and said they all the, all the, every one of those elephants had an upset stomach. So anyway, we got pulled in the ropes for that one. So anyway, next so, question. So was it a
1: rough life with the circus folk no. then? No.
0: Then there's the interesting part. One day I Dickie Chipperfield, there was a chip. there was a whole family of Chipperfields. He was. Um, I was drawing and painting in my, on my day off, and Dickie Chiknick said to me, Max, he it's good stuff you do there. I said, yeah, he said, do you think you could do animals on the side of the trucks and in the menagerie? I went, yeah, I think I can do that. He said, okay, I did it, sign writing, he loved it. <clears throat> so I became part of the family because I could do this. And I had my own caravan and I traveled. I traveled around with them for nearly two years. What? So what age did you end up leaving the circus then? Did you... uh, well, I traveled for two years and I was roughly about 15. I was 18 when I left. Okay, and so the, you, you ended up busking? Was no, it like no. I, 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 did... yeah, I, I said to Dickie, uh, I, I said, Look, I want to go to London. So I, well, I headed down to London with Mickey Guitar and uh, i thought right and at first before i wanted a little story under i thought there was a christmas show of bertram mills it was at the olympia so i thought i went there and asked for a job because I i needed a bit of money to get myself started down in london so he said oh you're quite pleasant looking chap he said you've got the looks and he said you're going to be a flunky now a flunky is like a queen's footman this is the outfit he told me to go and wear i had a powdered wig a white bow tie, wing collar, a great big golden embroidered jacket, white gloves, breeches, stockings and buckled shoes like Bobby Bobby Shafto. And my job was to pull the ring fence for the axe going in. When the axe was there, you'd pull it back. So I did this and I was getting, but the best thing of all, he said, Max, I want you to be flunky to Rogana. Oh my god that was my dream I had to take the props into it she was a an Indian act sword balancing and I was her personal flunky she used to have me in a in a, 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 a cabin not cabin and what do you call it what do you call it caravan or... yeah caravan. Yeah, yeah in a dressing room yeah and she was oh, stunning stunning her act was she'd come dressed as a red Indian but beautiful figure she'd go up a ladder but, but she had a dagger in her mouth and she'd point it and put it together. Now I know I knew it was fake because I'd pull the slot back So if you think about it, point to point, yeah. if it slipped, it goes straight into it. But it couldn't possibly because I used to pull the slot back and it was to fit in. Yeah. She used to go up the ladder and then turn around and go backwards down. And then as soon as she's got down to the bottom, she'd take the uh, she'd take the sword out and throw it into a block of wood, and go boom, boom, boom. Nice. very dramatic. Nice. And, uh, right and oh and she she. She used to well, she used to change in front of me. God, I don't know, and I used to also deliver a bottle of brandy to, um, to CoCo the clown, very famous, very you can look, check him, yeah. look you have got photographs of him yeah. and, uh, but, and then one day, I was a very good I was very good at it. Bertram Mills loved me, all the management did. So he said to me, he has got a new act coming today called the Primolettes." I went, "Oh yeah, they were, they were a knife throwing act. So he the, the guy the Mexican guy said to me, You know what to do? Yeah, you know what? knife yes? I went, yeah, 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 no problem. My idea was to pull the knives out and put them in a tray. Well the big target came in and the girl was strapped to it and they spun it around. And you take his knives and go duff, duff, duff. Oh, you know, in there, in there, in there. But unbeknown to me this bloke, this guy had put petrol on them, so they were to make it more dramatic when the lights were out. It was my job to blow the bloody things out, but it was impossible. When I started to blow, my gloves caught light with the excess petrol, and then my hair was alive. Oh, so goodness. I'm running round the circus ring with my hair afire. And then who's in the audience but Hattie Jakes with her husband, John LeMessier. They were laughing. I ended up in Hammersmith Hospital for, for four weeks with see, burns on my head, all my hair had gone. Jesus. So that was it. And she came to see me, Hattie Jakes. She said, oh, darling, she was such a lovely woman, she's a very famous actress. Mm-hmm. She said, are you all right? Well, I said, I haven't got much hair left. She said, oh, darling, but she was, that was it. Then after that, I, I, the Christmas show had finished, and uh, then I thought, right, here London, here I come. So I um, I got a little flat in Cricklewood, and um, I sort of started looking around for old canvases. I thought it's cheaper to buy old ones and then get the new ones. And I suddenly thought, let's do these old shipping scenes, like marine scenes from Dover, shipping off Dover, a bit like Clarkson Stanfield, or Henry Vickers, or somebody like that, or Albert Darby. I'll tell you a story about that one. And I, this is when I hit Portobello Road. I thought, right, Portobello Road, Saturday morning, cold morning, November, So I got there. I didn't have a stool, so I couldn't afford one. Mm. Put the blanket down, put the railing near the railings, Took my guitar out. God, I only know two bloody songs, so I started singing "Long, and Dusty Road" and "A Lesson Too Late for the Learning." And this bloke said to me, "Oi, mate!" He said the same bloody songs all bloody morning. I went, "Look, you put any money?" And he went, "I said, well, off." You know, so I did that, and um, uh, it was it was good. It was good. And uh, we're going. What's the next
1: question? So, so your artwork at that time, oh, yeah. was it just were you replicating other people's art, or were you doing your uh, own sort of art at that time? No, I was, I was, I would take
0: a marine picture, say a painting by uh, Clarkson Stanfield. I would change it around. I'd move that boat over to there, that wharf over there. Okay. Really nice rough seas with a with a boy in the water. You know, like a Turner, like a Turner. Yes. And they were, and I, I did that for a while, but. I I this I want to go mention this guy uh, before I, I mentioned Sammy Cohen. One day I'm there and I'm busking, and I've got my pictures out. It was it was still November and a an old guy was looking at me and he went, Hello, sir. He said, I love your smudges. I, I said he said, I love your painting, sir. So if you can describe this guy, he was about seventy five. He had a um a vest on, a jacket it was probably the mob one a pinstripe from from the Second World War, and trouser with a big brown buckle belt. And I said, and he went, oh, I love your painting, sir. And I said, who are you? He said, me, sir. I am the great Raimondo. I went, oh, who's that then?" He said, I'm escape artist extraordinaire. I said, oh, right. I said, so when did you do your act? He said, just wait, sir. He said, if you could assist me, young sir, young Max. That's what he talked to me like that. And uh, he said, then he got into the middle of uh, Portobello Road, he went, Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, excuse me one minute. May I have your attention. I am the great Ramondo, escape artist extraordinaire. My young friend, good Max here, is going to assist me in my acts. It's so great. and he said, in, "And what he's going to?" He said, "Max, could you kindly handcuff me, please?" I went, "Right, right, right, great, Ramondo." I will now be placed in the sack, ladies and gentlemen, and I shall be tied in, and I shall be out in exactly forty seconds. Why was forty? I don't know. So he's saying, "Right, Max, could you now tie the top of the sack?" <laughs> he the top of the sack. He gets on the floor. He's struggling away, and I hear this like Max, Max. I can't get out, what? I can't get out, I can't get out, so give me the key, so I had to take the top key, go down on the floor and slip it through a little a little hole in, the, in there, and he goes, and he unties himself, and he, he, he gets out, and then suddenly he pulls a rope inside, which opens the sack, he goes, duh, duh, duh. and he goes, oh, I'm so sorry, ladies and gentlemen, due to the inclement weather, that the ropes are tightened up, oh, I love him. Nice. that's um, right. What was his actual name? Was this? His name was um, was uh, and, and uh, Albert. Al- no, not no, it was, Yeah, it was Albert Scru- Albert Scruggs. Mm. Albert Scruggs. His name was Scruggs. Couldn't believe it. He was my favorite person. I did that. He did that act with me for nearly six months. You know. Uh, well, while I was there, a guy, a man, a guy came into my life, who was the best part of it, like a fatherly figure. And his name was Sammy Cohen. I was done, done the songs in Portobello Road. wasn't selling much. Some nice paintings up, and he kept looking at me. And he was very smart, you know, lovely, crumbly overcoat on. And he looked, and he went. Yeah, he said, uh, "Excuse me." He said, "Do you get the paintings from then?" I said, "I said, uh, no, I will buy them." He went, "What do you mean you buy them? How, how much are you selling that marine one for?" I said, 150. He said, "That's quality." I mean, you say how much do you pay for it then? I went, well, he said, listen, be honest, where'd you get them from, I said, I paint them, he went, you paint these, I went, yeah, he said, "Uh, when you have a tea break, come and have a a, a lunch with me, we went up to the pub in in Portobello Road, and he sat, he said, do you really, can you do these pictures, I went, yes, he said, they're very good, he said, you know what, you could make a lot of money with the right sort of movement, and he said, I'll tell you what, give you a start. Where you live? I said, oh, Cricklewood." He said, I've got a bed set. And he said, okay. He said, I'm going to finance you. We can we do a partnership. I said, yeah, I'm all right. He said, I'm trustworthy. I know the game. And he said, well, you can hit the auctions. You can hit the galleries. I went, yeah, okay. So anyway, started to do these pictures, and it became quite good, you know. I mean, the aging, the cracking. we can and do So this all- is when you
1: were first starting to do forgery. Yeah. Oh, no, yes, when I really hit the big forgery, yeah. and so who was Sammy Cohen then? Was he someone in the Sammy art world Cain, then? Sammy Cohen, was, was a, no, well he was, yeah. He'd
0: been in, he'd been inside, but he was embezzler and fraud and all that. Okay. I, I think he got done for, for some sort of scam somewhere, but he'd done a little bit in Parker's. But also. clearly he had an eye for art as well. Oh, so. absolutely. He had an eye for business. He was very thorough and um, he was very, very good at it. And he used to go and research get the paintings, get used to we used to go around and buy the canvases, you know. Well you had to buy the right canvas. It couldn't you you couldn't do a an Albert Derby, uh Clarkson Stanfield, Jonathan Crome on a canvas at eighteen, nineteen thirty. in 1930. It, in those days in 68, 67, 68, you could go and buy, say, Club Row, you could get some decent canvases from pennies, because what we call them, we call them pot boilers. That means they were rough pieces of art and that uh, nobody wanted. The paintings were terrible. So we'd rubbed them down, primed them, yeah. and I'd think, right, what do you want to do on that? I said, should we do something like a, a, a Vickers? Or let's do something like on the um uh say sort of Turner, like but move it around like fishing off lower stuff. So we started to do that and then we really researched it. Now I I remember I went to see a restorer once. And he said to me, "You know the only way you can fool the, the auction is they is by doing the cracking now cracking crackula, right you know what that is is it cracking obviously the, the paperwork yeah. itself? yeah, making it crack so it looks the age and i yeah. I use bee glue on that i'll give you the system how to do that, and you can use to use it at school using goes for woodwork. it stinks to high heaven, but it comes in like it looks like lentils. you could buy it about two pounds of it." You put it in a in a a saucepan put cold water in it and leave it overnight goes to a jelly next morning you put it on the stove and it goes to a varnish like a liquid make sure it's not too thick then you spread it over the canvas brushing it over and then you think right that's it got that go to an electric fire not dry heat electric circulate the painting like that and you can actually hear it cracking you can actually hear it you look round at it think right that's enough cracks there, right? And then you can actually do more cracking by rubbing your thumbnail at the back of it, and it cracks even more. Mm. Then don't get it's a water base, so you go to your tap with the painting, get the warm water brush the, the bead glue away, and you're left with a crack. Out comes a Hoover, Hoover on top of that, rub it all in, blow mm. the surface away, all the cracks are filled with dirt. Old varnish on that, old nails that go back to exactly the place where you've taken them from, in an old frame under glass auction off. That's how I used to do it. Brilliant. So who were the first people you were
1: fortunate at those times
0: there then? I what say, well um, I'll tell you what, let, let me tell you how this little story goes. The first time Sammy and I, we we were actors, we were, we went as father and son and uh, we went like ignorant of antique dealers doing nothing about smudges or paintings. So we'd go into the go into the auction room, uh, let's say Lots Road. Now if you say to an auctioneer, I'm not saying they're all thick, but if you say to them, like, good morning, sir, and make sure that they know that they've got the knowledge in you, haven't. Uh, i tell you how it happened the first time we ever did. We rehearsed it in a bedstead. And I go, sir, say, morning, sir. And they go, morning. I said, got some smudges in the car, sir, so travel you have a look for me? So he goes, yes, bring them in. Now, what we'd had in there, we had a, a Louis Wayne drawing and, a, and an Albert Derby. And we would put them on the floor, and he would go, He'd go, hmm, hmm, and he'd go, look for the crap, the, the rubbish that we've sent, you know, the pot-boilers, like, no, watercolour, no, 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 oh, what's that on the floor then, that looks interesting, what's that, it's the painting with, with, with the boats on it, sir, dad, pick that up, dad, he goes, hmm, yes, that's quite nice, he went, oh, who's it, is it by anybody special, sir, he goes, yeah, so, but Derby, oh, was, who, was it, was it, he said, well, no, was Norwich School, was he painted in Norwich sir? No, 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 it's Norwich School of Art, you know, Marine. All oh, right, sir. And then Sammy would stop me and go, You see, son, you see, son, this gentleman, when he's educated on paintings and everything like that, in that right, sir. <laughs> he'd go you he'd go you go, oh yes, of course you need you need the education. You see, son, if you study this gentleman and, and like that You'll get you go places, that's what we used to do it. We used to take his mind off what he was looking at, and then he go, Do you wish to put this in auction? Oh, do you think so do you think it's all right? Now an incident, I'm gonna tell you another thing. Albert Derby didn't exist. It was a made up name. So this auction <laughs> So thinking Albert Derby making out he was some special he wasn't. It was the guy Albert Derby was used to sweep the floors in a warehouse in Ireland, Brighton and I took his name. <laughs> and then this is where it came so on the auction day get a review you know people will walk in now my picture would be up there and it would look in the business it looked good uh, set an Albert Derby in under glass and you'd get the guys coming over potential buyers and you go with the catalogue. go yeah nice uh, Albert Derby here Looks quite good Nicely done. I think I'll have a pop of that and you keep an eye on him then another one would come over. I'm standing right next to my own picture. he what's the date on that? He goes, 1740. Uh, no, no, not 1740, 1832. That would be right. On the day of the um uh, on the day of the auction, uh, you had to be careful that the guy on the desk was not in the auction when it was bidding for. So I used to stand at one side of the room and Tom would be at the other, and Sammy would be at the other. We had a certain side, we'd start bidding. When the bid goes up, Got a, the auction said, a lovely marine by Albert Darby, uh, signed and dated, eight seventeen, whatever it might, 18, whatever. Let's start the being at 1,200 pounds, goes 12, so it's good, it's going, going, going. We didn't drop in then, and then we'd go, so that it'll go, um, we got the bid at uh, 1,800 pounds, and then I'd come in. I'd go 1,800, and then Tom would go, someone else would go, someone else would go, until you got it up to what you think is about 3.5 grand. Then you'd bloody pull out so my sign was like that i'd do that and he would go like that it, we're out we've done and i remember twice it we went up to five grand right and i we got we got in the room afterwards having a coffee and this this gentleman a lovely suit a persian guy he went i'm so sorry my friend. you did not get the picture i went well governor sir you win some you lose some that's the way we used to do it
1: No, so i'm guessing that was a lot of money at those times there as oh, well absolutely. so you started that in you're, yeah.
0: living, you're living a nice and lifestyle we, at the times through. Yeah, right? well, yeah, we we hit we hit um, we hit didn't we just hit London? We hit Manchester, Newcastle, Canterbury. You know, we hit we also hit shops as well. Mm. Our galleries and uh, you know hit Cooling Gallery. I'm not going to go into that one.
1: Yeah, I've heard someone else significant that got mentioned before, that. Some of the articles really got Tom Keating and that. Yeah, Tom who Keaton. was who was Tom, Keaton? Tom who was Keating?
0: Tom Keating. Well, I met Tom Keating in 1966 and uh, I would I I'd, I'd came to London and say, oh yeah I was in London 66 because at the time I actually left the circus so 66 67 and uh, he didn't come into prominence until r- roughly about um about the 1980s early 80s and I was in club row and I was um <coughs> looking for canvases and I'd already bagged a load of canvases and Keating with a big beard he came along and said oh they're mine I said no I'm sorry said I've already bought those that's how I first got to know him we argued a bit but the guy said no this gentleman bought them that was it then I heard about him later on and uh, in in the 80s I met him again and he knew who I was and he asked me to start working with him but I don't want to quote him because and I don't want it because I've never rated him as a a good forger anyway I thought I met him we did a bit of work with him, but he was not interested in me. He's not. He's not. He's not prominent in my life. Sammy Kane was the man. That was it. That was like a fatherly figure to me. You know? Yeah. So Sammy taught me a lot about
1: the way of being able to sell the. Yeah, I could the paint little... them, but yes. Sammy was
0: good at the sales. I mean, you know. I mean, look, I got nicked for the Samuel Palmer. Sammy didn't. So I got nicked, and I was sent to. Uh, where was I? Oh, well, it's in
1: Dorchester, Nick. Yeah, I got I got the. Um, um, when you did the Samuel Palmer, how long did you get in jail um, for that? And what, um, How was it? Was it taking it to an auction house that you yeah. ended up getting in jail? Yeah, well, when I, when I, yeah, uh, no, it was a dealer. It was
0: a dealer. I'm, I can mention the name. He's dead now. His name's Otto. He got greedy, actually, and he put, he put the same picture, uh, almost. I told him, that's got to go somewhere. That's got to go to another place. You're going to take it back to Germany. He tried to sell the two in the same, in the same gallery. And so, anyway, that was um, that wasn't a good thing, and then I got Nick for that. They picked me up. Uh, where was I living? Oh, I was living in Cricklewood then. And they came to my room and saw all this fake stuff everywhere. And uh, hence uh, Otto was back in Germany, and I got Nick for doing those. Mm. So they gave me what was that? They did three? I got I got
1: I got twelve months on that one. Okay. Yeah. And um, so, did you have a hard time in jail at all? Or? No, definitely. No, no, I've got respect.
0: I'm the forger, you know. Every, all the old legs were knocking on the cell. Hey, yeah, Max, could you do me a drawing of, of my girl or my dog or anything, my missus? So I used to get tobacco, they'd give you tobacco, and I'd become a tobacco baron. And so I had a guy called McGinty was my minder, because I wasn't a fighter. And we, if you did a drawing and say, what's the price? Half ounce, half ounce of gold with Gina, then. and then, a quarter and then I would loan that out to somebody else and then McGinty used to go around collecting on a Friday all the tobacco, so I became a tobacco baron.
1: Nice. Yeah. And so obviously uh, going to prison didn't obviously put you off that life and obviously you came out and straight back to the, to uh, the I, forgeries. Yeah, I, I I was
0: liked by the Scrooge. I was known as the artist, the forger, but they all knew that I was a forger. and uh, But I got respected for who I was. Uh, first, when I, got, when I first arrived there, I was banged up with a um, a guy from uh, Stowe, from Curacao, called Charlie, and a couple of guys who'd been watering down the paraffin for the old pensioners. And I went up to the governor, I said, Governor, I want a paint, sir. And he went, all right, Brander, he said, uh, what do you want? I said, uh, can I have a single cell? And he went, okay then, and can I have some paint, sir? Yeah, that's no problem. But then Sammy Cohen came to see me, right, and he went, hello, son, you know, this is a visiting. thing. He said, uh, do you fancy doing any work? I said, I'm going to do work here. He said, got a little trick for you. He said, up my sleeve, I've got some sort of paper, right? He said, do you, you want to do? I said, what do you want? He said, a few Samuel Palmer drawings, yeah, pen and inks. Can, you've got pen ink?" right? Yeah. And then, so what we used to do is to sit on the table, because we weren't category, we were, we were, non escapees, right and you go like that and you go yeah he said you've got to look after yourself and then what you do is just pull it out like that and do that and then you take out three slips or four slips of really old paper that he nicked from the library he used to cut them away with his razor blade so he got about five in there i used to go back, press about that big press them in my bible right i wanted a bigger bible mm. the governor thought it was a bit strange what do you want a big bible for press them down do pen and inks. And then make sure that if I had a search cell, they wouldn't come in and find them And nice. uh, when he came back, he'd go, All right, I mean, you do. I said, Done for okay, All right. And then you go, roll them up the sleeve and slide them out, you go up there.
1: That's it. So did not even stop when you're in jail, yeah. it's carried on forever. Yeah. So when he came out, obviously, jail straight back to forge but on site, so. How long would it take you to create one of these masterpieces? Like, so, how many pieces would you be creating a year? What sort of living would you? How much money could oh, you yeah, be did, potentially earning? We
0: did quite well.
1: We spent well. We earned well.
0: Yeah, so you're know. living in a high life, from yeah. But we we once you've been Nick for forgery, you're, I used to get picked up quite often. Okay. you know, I'd be in bloody Brighton. I'd be up George Street sometime to go. Right, Max, never were a bit of the sun. And I've been banged up down in the holding cell. You know.
1: Yeah, I doubt there's that many people who are capable of mask no, no. It's quite a no. skill, isn't it? So yeah. sure it. Um and talking about criminals, um, I read that once you did a painting for or picture for Ronnie and Reggie Cray, is that true? Mm, yeah. Uh, could you talk about Probably how true, that yeah. came around?
0: Um, well, uh Portobello Road, nineteen sixty seven. Bit the busking, and then uh, well, just about at midday, a guy came down, beautiful dressed, so young youngster, about my age actually, and he goes, uh, oh, "Excuse me, sir," he said, "Do you do like, these sponges? Like, do you do portraits I went, Yeah?" So, can you do portraits and um, from photographs? I went, "I think so, yeah." He said, "All depends." He said, "Could you hold on a minute?" So I went, "Yeah." So he went out the road and he came back with his photograph, you know, of uh, a woman of about fifty, whatever. And he went, yeah, I said, yeah, when do you want it? He said, can you do it next week? I went, yeah, I'll do it in like about a 24, 2016, yeah, I can do that. So I went back, did it in Cricklewood, came back, and he went, did you do the smudge? I went, yes. He said, my well, friends are up the road there. I went, okay. And I walked up to, I think it was the Earl of Lonsdale pub. And they were up there. It wasn't their manor as well, which is unusual, but they were there. And I walked, and it was, a, he walked first, for and I was at the back of him. We walked into a side pub, and it, when I walked in, it looked dark. It looked really dark. And then, and then I suddenly spotted them. <laughs> I, saw, I saw Ronnie, Ronnie was Ronnie was sitting down, Reggie was at the bar, and and Ronnie gets up, and he walks over to me and goes, You've got it then, son? You've got it? I went, Yes, sir. He said, Don't call me, sir. Don't call me, sir. You've got it. I said, you've done it, you're doing it, aren't you? I said, yes, sir. I couldn't help, and he went out, and he, he looked, he picked it up, it was in a nice frame, as well. when he went, he looked at it, and he went, Reggie, have a look at this, have a look at this, Reggie. He said, look at that, it's got mum's eyes in it, it's our mum all over, in it." Do you really do this, son? I went, yes. He went, Ronnie, Reggie, have a look. And he put it down, he said, can't believe it. Sit down and have a drink, and I sat on a table, a, a bench chair with Ronnie there, Reggie, I was in the bloody middle, oh, they were big guys, all this Spandau Valley doing the craze, nothing like the real thing, you know. Anyway, so he said, uh, and he was going, I love it, I love it. He said, I have a shandy, I have a shandy. And he went, how much show you, son? And I was going, "Well," oh, he went, Reggie says, give him a two. I thought, two quid? I went, no, it was £200. 200 pounds. 200 pounds and 67 was a huge amount of money. And then Rod, Ronnie put his hand on knee. he went, He's a good looking kid as well, isn't he? He says you must come and have tea in, in Valence Road with my mum. I went, No, so I've got to go to church, Mr Craig. <laughs>
1: that was it. I got out of that one. And so you were you aware of who they were? I did, I knew yeah, of
0: course I did. I knew I knew I knew them and straight away. I mean, you couldn't miss you couldn't miss them.
1: I'd seen I'd seen them around, I mean Valence Road. So going back to the forgery stuff, um, would you ever try and um, create and, obviously, forge um, any of the real masterpieces, any, like, Picassos or any of the... Top? Oh, I've done Picasso. But was but it too difficult to... in order no. to sell them? I've done Picassos. I've done... I've done um... Not the artwork in terms of selling it because of, obviously... No, uh, you can't. Uh, no.
0: Well, you, you could do a Picasso. I could do a Picasso, but I wouldn't want to because, let's face it, I mean, it's... Not difficult, is it? I've done Lowry's, you know, but I don't want to do Lowry's. Other people do those. But Medigliani, I don't want to do Big I find it, I don't find them challenging enough. This is what I like, this is what I like, you know. Stuff that is, is the more difficult to do, the better I like it. Mm. Every, it's a challenge. I mean, I think the, I think one auctioneer said, uh, I mean, I was in, I think I got one through one um, Antiques Roadshow, And he said, this guy has got a knack of getting the colours. Look, you look at that. I can get the colours of of that period. And I, you know, and um, like here, you know, I can copy anything. That was my, that's why I was, you know, I've got to say I was good at it. I've been doing it for 50 years. I
1: mean. So do you think um, there's lots of people who unknowingly have got some of your forgeries hanging up on their walls and that Yeah, I know. I went, I was, I was um, about four or five
0: years ago, I was invited to a big dinner in Brighton. And this, I did a painting that I called Good Living and this guy bought it but didn't know he painted it. And I'm sitting there at the dining table and I'm looking up I think, bloody hell, that picture, that chair's only got three legs. <laughs> I missed out one leg, I missed out a leg on the chair,
1: he didn't sort didn't it out. It was called Good Living, the picture, and I copied it, yeah. Fantastic, and um, so who is your favourite artist? Um, uh, Coolidge and Caravaggio, and like you say, Caravaggio would be your one of your favourite yeah. persons. In order to yeah, I, I've done Vettriani as well, Jack Vettriani. I've done a load of those, and so obviously, um, of late, obviously Banksy's come into prominence in this yeah. country, and so you've, behind me was showing the camera. Obviously, you've, unbelievable Banksy you—that's not printed, that's you no, painted. his stencils. He does, and um, you know what? You know how easy it is. Sorry. If you've got a stencil, you yes. spray it and yeah. do read. That's painting, that's a painting. And so when were you last in trouble or, uh, oh. for forging oh, forge yeah. stuff? And when, yeah. did, when did you decide oh, to write? Few, few, I was telling you about the fact that last
0: time I was in court was um, in Lewis Crown. And um, I, my brief said to me, I was I was banked the rights guilty, but he said, he did some sort of deal on the, you know, with the prosecution, said. And he came out to me and he said, it's a jury trial. And he went, Max, you're gonna walk. You're gonna walk, don't worry. Let's going and have a glass of wine across the road at the White Hall, So we went over there. I'm loving it. I think I'm gonna be walking. I've been banged up. I was on remand anyway, but they let me out just for that time. And um, and so I was over there, second bottle of wine. The foreman comes back, said, Sure, you're back. And I went, right on. I said, darling, put that in the fridge for you, I'll be back in ten minutes. Got over it, they've got 18 months. Oh no. <laughs> so so I, I went back for my wine night eleven months after I did well, I've got good behaviour. Johnny, you have got my wine? She went, What? Got my wine. She said, When did you leave? I said, I think about ten months ago. She, <laughs> she, said, she said, I said, I'm sorry to say, you, we don't keep wine that long. Where have you been? I said, Never mind where I've been, where's my wine? So, so
1: that was and there was all little stories like that. Obviously, you mentioned obviously being banned from eBay, so this must be a fairly oh, recent yeah. thing. How no, would you go about this if you changed your mind? No, I, and, this. Uh, well, I was two years ago, I had not a penny, I was broke.
0: I've got a little bit in the bank, Christian, but not a lot. But I, I can say bugger up, I don't want to sell it. Now, I notice I'm here, I've got no money, I'm on benefits, right? And I thought, God, I've got no food today. And so I saw this um, advert on eBay, and it says, Paint your own ducks. Now if you know there's I'll show you a duck there's a lot in the hallway. Um paint your own ducks, they're in ceramic, right? And they come just white and glazed. So right, and they looked apart. You turn them around, they've got everything right about them. And so I painted them up beautifully to look like the originals. I t- I t- I, t- um, I aged them. A little couple of chips at the back, they look big and heavy varnish on, put them on eBay, cost me twelve quid a box. They went for 426 quid so I thought I ordered another seven boxes right so after about the fifth box eBay rang me he went hello Mr Brownwood I went hello he said uh, rather a lot of ducks coming our way I went oh right sir is that right he said yes we begin to think we're thinking they're fake I went I didn't say anything about them so he said I'm sorry I'm gonna to have to ban you I said I said how long for he said for life I said, so I'm out for a duck <laughs> I could not help it. I'm out not for quite a duck, so you did all right though in the short period. Oh time yeah, yeah, feeds. but what a, I mean, as we go out for lunch, right, you'll see on the wall, I've got some metal ones, but the same sort of thing, you know, so I'm banned from eBay for life. Well, um, it
1: goes with the auction, doesn't it? Absolutely. I can't walk into an auction now. Digital or the real uh, <laughs> yeah. auctions. And so, um, Obviously, people are going to be watching this and wondering where they can buy some of your art from. Uh, where can people buy your art from, Max? Well, I, I'm going to say I
0: don't. I don't want to, not from a gallery because I don't supply galleries. I've had the experience of galleries and I'm not interested. You know, I rather they want a picture from me. They can have. I but, Well, I'm, I do. I, I sell it to them. You know, like um, um. But you know, no, I
1: I I don't want I'm not bothered about selling.
0: Yeah, you know, oh, I I love well, these. I love this. And I,
1: I spoke to an before and obviously artists hate sort of selling their work, no, don't they? I, I, no, no, Trist- listen,
0: I, I love do you know what I love about it? Meeting people like you, meeting all of you, talking I love um I love the idea of my book, my book, uh, my book's going to be good, I know it is. because What I've said today is that is a, there's no artistic license in it at all. Yeah. It's
1: the real thing, you know. Yes, yeah, so, so like I said, it's incredible you haven't got a book out thus far. Oh. And so you say you've got the book written as we yeah, say. Yeah, finished, yeah. I'm going to put you in touch with Sean. <coughs> yeah. Um, and obviously he's got a publishing company, like I yeah, said, so we it, can get that. Yeah, I've, I've got. And what's your book called, Max? Has it's it's got a title got, yeah?
0: honestly it's Max Brown, Britain's number one art forger. That's all you need. And it's a, got a nice cover. Whereas I've got all my pictures posing. I can send you the image of it. Yes, I send you the image of it. No,
1: you didn't. So hopefully we can um, we'll be seeing that out within the next sort of yeah. edition, in the near future. Yeah, and it'd be nice, obviously, if you maybe had at the time when that was come out an art exhibition would be fantastic. Same time, yeah. I'm shows, thinking of that. Some of your art, ends.
0: yeah, yeah. I I, I sort of. Um, you know, I have had experience of galleries and I will give you an example of one gallery, they um I won't say the name of it, that's not right. But they they sort of wanted me to do a, a demonstration. Well I'm not a performing seal, I'm not gonna do a fake in front of these people. I said to this gallery, Look, I'll talk to the people, but I'm not gonna do any demo. That's not me. So I said that's why I've come out of the game. But apparently this gallery keep having people saying, Have you got a Max Brandry? Have you got because Look, have you noticed there, uh, Christian, I, I don't have, I'm not Caravaggio, look at that, Max Brandt there. Oh, yeah. Brand there, Max Brandit there,
1: Max Brandt there, you know, so there you go. And do, um, do you think forgery is sort of a, a dying... Oh, definitely. I think oh, I'm the last, think... of, I'm like the last of the Mohicans. In terms of, kind of people supporting you, and if people are interested, obviously, maybe yeah. getting you to commission some art them, or do something like this. Where can they get in touch for you, Max? This is um, I've got
0: a, I've got a website. No, not website. I've got
1: a, an email, and I've got. Can I mention my ghostwriter? Of course you can. So mention. What's your email first? That's the uh, best support, is people get to R- Brandrit Max. So Brandrit Max, spelled B-R-A-N-D-R-E-W-T. Brandrit Max. Max, no, no, full stops or anything like this. Just as it is. Max. at gmail dot com. That's it. Perfect. Get in touch with him and. Mm. So, and in terms of social media accounts, if people obviously want to get in touch with you, Facebook, Instagram, Facebook. Any sort of I've got an
0: Appreciate society. Next, Brendan appreciation society.
1: So, Perfect. And you mentioned the ghost, right? You want to mention him? Yeah, his name with is. Oh, he's good. He's very good. He's Tony Valentine. His name is uh, from Nottingham and uh, he's done a brilliant book and, he, and it's, he's done the real me. Like I say we're going to be have the book coming out and then people can get in touch with you and mm-hmm. um, like I said the book should be coming out in the next 12 months or so maybe yeah, in a yeah. short period of time. I'm going to introduce you to Sean who's happy as they say to get that out and um, obviously you've led a life of crime, um, any regrets? Do I, I, you know Christian I didn't
0: hurt anybody you know, okay, I made a few bob, you know, but I I live well. I've met some wonderful people, you know. I've I've had some fantastic jobs, you know, and um, I've I've loved every minute of it. I I don't have any regrets. No, I would do the same thing. I would do the mate because I I find that doing um doing trying to get sort of out there, you know. I'm not I'm not Damien Hurst. I'm not sort of um you know like a. I don't know, Tracy Emin or all the rest of them, I'm not like that. Even Banksy, I, I don't want to be like that. I mean, Banksy, you know, they, they've got so much money now. They, you, there's no... I, I still work. Do you know what keeps me? I'm a certain age now, and I'm quite fit, touch wood, touch... Um, but I keep going, that's what keeps me... Every morning I get up, think, oh, I'm going to paint today, and I'm loving... My greatest joy is... Finishing a picture and framing it, I right. um, love it.
1: Absolutely love it, you know. And uh, anyway, so you've been blessed. You spent your life doing something that you love, so it's not even being yeah. work. It's been, and you had the prize of doing the little, yeah, the, the criminal mischievous stuff with it. So you've um, been...
0: yeah, everybody says Max Brandreit. You know, I could never be a folk singer, especially only you know, only need, need two songs. I mean, come on.
1: Indeed, <laughs> Indeed. Well, like I said, it's an absolute fantastic story and thank you very much for sharing it with the viewers oh, and myself it's um people are going to absolutely love this and people are going to be waiting for obviously your book to come out and hopefully down the line maybe when the book's out, we well, can come out i back i want to thank you
0: two. i want to thank you because i've never felt so relaxed doing an interview
1: perfect
0: absolutely perfect